So here we go, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Kings of Anglia Fan Social. Of course, Kings of Anglia is proudly sponsored by Ginger Pickle and Manscaped. Of course, this is the show where the Cowboy Army share thoughts on all things town. And this week, I'm joined by Bloomers and good old Liam from Crew as we discuss the last few weeks, the last few months, and um, it's same old Ditchwich Town. We, we get our hopes up and then we go crashing back down. Um, we're still fourth in League One. But it's been a frustrating few weeks, hasn't it, town fans? Um, strap yourself in. Uh, we won't try to make this too doom and gloom, but um, we're just going to talk about what's been going wrong the last few months. Uh, Bloomers, welcome back to the show, my friend. Always a pleasure. Um, you're a man recovering from an ACL surgery. How has that been? And how's that sort of come about? Slash, well done for going to Cambridge away and being at Portland Road a few times as well with crutches. Yeah, I don't recommend doing that, though, to be perfectly honest. I got turned off from my physiotherapist today. But, um, yeah, I, I tore my ACL in September playing five-a-side. And I can attest to any footballer now that it's probably the worst thing worst thing in the world. So um, don't, don't do it, guys. Or at least just look after your body and don't pretend you're 18 when you're not anymore, which is my mistake. But it's all right. It's healing up. I'm in a bit of a foul mood, though, anyways. I was just speaking before this because my desk has decided to collapse. And we're currently um, got this computer propped up on a bit of plywood and some strings. So uh, if this cuts off halfway through, you'll now know why. So, yeah, a, a nice a nice foul move for what's going to be a sombre podcast for the most of it. So it should be entertaining at least. So, yeah, stay tuned for that. Indeed, yeah. We'll, we'll wait and see if um, out of nowhere Bloomers just goes crashing down because, yeah, his desk just collapsed. So um, we'll bring into that. Um, Liam from Crew, always a pleasure, my friend. How's things? Yeah. Uh, not too bad, Ross. Yeah, pretty good. Um, I have to say, my knees feel a little bit uh, achy this morning after five-a-side last night with us um, and running the night before. Uh, as Bloomers says, I'm not as young as I used to be, so I need to look after myself a little yeah, bit. My heart bleeds for you that you played five-a-side last night. <laughs> We're currently looking at October for me, so six months, six months to go. I'm looking forward to that return. It's going to be a good return, I'm sure. Um, yeah, well, let's just get right into them, boys and girls. Um, let's not muck about. Hopefully, this isn't going to be too of a depressing listen. Um, of course, the boys, um, Andy and um, Heathy, did a great show for the main pod. But it's an opportunity now for the co-army to share their thoughts. Um, Bloomers, sort of opening lines from yourself. Um, just looking back at the last few months, it's not been great in terms of performances, points, you know, we're now fourth, a lot of points now from the top two. Where are you at? And what's been, what's your main sort of takeaway, first of all? It's funny because you give us the show notes um, in advance and you sit there thinking about what you're going to say and then it comes to the time and you don't know how to sum up the last three or four months because it's just, it's depressingly familiar with unfamiliar players and surroundings. You know, you can have no fans, you can have some fans, or in the case of this season, you can have all fans. And yet the four seasons we've had in the four seasons we've had in League One have all followed the same pattern. Three full seasons have been good starts, rough middles, and then petering out the end. And it's happening again, even though it should be different, but it's not. And we're going to get on to why we think that may or may not be. And, and there's so much you can kind of go across as to reasons why and, and we'll let you Ross sort of take the lead with, on different categories of that but the bottom line is we're not winning enough games 
and we're not winning enough games because not only are we not beating the sides around us, we're not beating the sides we should be beating either. So it's not a very good combination for getting out of this league, is it? I know that there's two teams at the moment who are averaging well over two points a game, and, and I saw, I think, that they're on track for 99 points. So it's an outlier season anyway. But the idea that we couldn't compete with them just wasn't true back in September October when we gave ourselves that incredible position. And we squandered it. You know, like you use stronger terms than that if you want. But yeah, it's 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 been a complete and utter chucking away. And there's myriad of reasons for that. And we'll get into that. But the crux of it is the players haven't been good enough. The style of play hasn't been good enough. There's no plan B. The manager hasn't been good enough. The only thing that has been good enough is the fans. And even then, some people on Twitter don't think the fans have been good enough. So whatever life raft you've got to cling on to is swimming away from you, pretty much. Liam, you're someone who's uh, probably never seen Portman Road as full as it has been this season, is it fair to say? Mm-hmm. Basis. Where, do you, where do you stand on all of this? Um, well, it's, it's it's been typical Ipswich in the time that I've been around the club, really. It's not fallen off a cliff. It's just this slow kind of painful death almost. It's 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 too many draws. That's the thing. It's not like we've lost a load of games and we're suddenly gone flying down the table and we can't find a win anywhere. Um, we throw in the odd win here and there, but just too many draws. And at the end of the day, if you think about it, I mean, a draw isn't a defeat, but it's not useful. Like you, you win one game and that would be the, you pick up the same amount of points as you would if you'd drawn three games. So it, it, it doesn't really help you in any way, shape or form. And that's been our our biggest problem. Um Frankly, from the fans' point of view, I don't think it's been that bad. To be honest, I think um, the fans have been fairly, uh, fairly strong in their backing. Um, yeah, there have been moments at Portman Road, I think, um, where maybe things have gone a bit flat. Um, and like the weekend against Sheffield Wednesday, I mean, I said to someone next to me when we went two 0 down. Um, well, this is the town players now kind of realising uh, the downsides of having 29,000 inside the stadium. Because um, literally from that moment on, it was pretty much uh, the, the atmosphere went completely the opposite way from being supportive to suddenly <laughs> it was all out uh, abuse a lot of the time, um, frustration, just... And as soon as that happened, if we hadn't got that free kick before half-time, we, we wouldn't have been getting anywhere near a point in that game. Literally, the fans had gone at that stage and there was nothing really to lift the crowd, which kind of, you kind of then get people saying, well, the crowd should be lifting the players, but it's as... as right. this, just... this is, yeah, this is it. Like, if, if you're not sure what Liam was alluding to at the start of uh, what you said... There's been a few murmurings on Twitter about fans not being good enough or whatever. But at the end of the day, I'm not sure. How can fans be blamed at the moment? How can it's just how fans be blamed for not being happy? What's What in the last 14 games have they been to be happy about? Is it two wins in 14? Uh, four. 
forward, sorry, four. Apologies. Four wins in four wins in 14. And yes, there's not been a lot of losses in that time, but look at the position we were in. And the, 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 there's a, so much of things that's a combination of all of it. I'll just spout out some now because I realize I'm not actually delving into them. There's no plan B. Plan A has been plan A, has been plan A for the whole season. Even going back to, and I've said that every single time on this podcast, that Cambridge home game, where I think we scored after about 65 minutes. 99 times before the goal, the first goal, we played the exact same style of getting the ball into the box from out wide, hoping that someone was going to, you know, get the final touch. The hundredth time we did it, it worked. And, okay, great. You found out the last of these 14 games, it doesn't always happen. And teams have sussed us out. They just put a low block on. And, and it's literally like putting a, a stick in, in in some bicycle spokes and then watching the watching the people up top just go straight over the handlebars and then not being able to get back on the bike because they don't know what to do because they're now in uncharted territory. I don't understand. I can understand playing the way that we're playing as a plan A because, well, I mean, look at all the underlying stats, maybe not the last four or five games. The underlying stats show that it, it should be effective and it is what has been the same in the last few months. So in the first few months, but you've got to have in League One a Plan B. I don't, I don't see how you can not realise that now. And I'm talking about the management here because we have a young manager who's clearly set in his ethos, and it's a very good and positive ethos. But it's looking like teams are figuring this out, and because of that. Points get dropped left, right, and center. And it's now getting to the stage where maybe, you know, the second half of the Sheffield Wednesday game was good. But you look at the first half of the Sheffield Wednesday game and the entirety of choosing night against Bristol Rovers, it's now not good enough to win. And you don't deserve to be winning. So you've literally gone from playing well, winning, getting points, and the stats proving you right, to being unlucky because the stats not proving you right, to not playing well and getting what you deserve, which is not a win. So, you know what it is? What is it, Liam? It's tempo. It's tempo. A lot of it is tempo. The way that Ipswich play football is so admirable. Slow. Sorry, Karen. Sorry, it, I mean, it is admirable. It's a great. It's a. It and I've said this before. It, it's it's a there's a higher ceiling. If you look at Sheffield Wednesday from last weekend, they will get promoted, but I think they will probably end up being a lower mid-table championship side maybe battling above the drop with the way that they play football they're very physical they do have good footballs don't get me wrong but their their game is a lot more direct whereas the way town play football as we've seen against burnley it is effective against better teams in in a better football environment i've said it's it's town's biggest challenge is getting out of this division because of the fact that the teams that we're playing a lot of them are not going to try and challenge town and it's offering Ipswich a completely different issue um, because we can't break teams down. But you look at that game against Morecambe, first half against a team who would have come and now they were dreadful, but they would have, if they had hung on for the first 10 minutes, they would have done exactly what every other team in the bottom half of League One does and comes to Portman Road and they would put all men behind the ball and make it really difficult and stodgy. And Town for that first half were absolutely unstoppable. I mean, they ripped Morecambe apart. They were helped 
by Morecambe being really abject, but they put they started on the front foot. That Cambridge game, we didn't have a single shot in the first half. And the passing for that first half an hour was just all in front, nothing in behind. And when you're going away to some of these places where the pitches are going to be tighter and our natural pace down the flanks are going to be less effective, you've got to find different ways to try and win the game. But knocking it around and just keeping the ball for possession's sake is not going to win your games of football. Yeah, and here, here's another here's another point then. Here's, here's another reason. Crap mentality from the players, which feeds into the fans. But like you're talking about games like that. We had a game like that at the start of the season, an exact similar game away at Burton. And I was there for that game on a Tuesday night. We played at that point, the worst points we played all season. And because we had the mentality at the time, we dug out a one-nil win when it was probably undeserved. We had the mentality to to get those grind out those points since well i know what game it's been since and we might touch on that in a minute but since the october time october 31st the mentality is just gone there's no the, the belief now is oh we're and again if your players i'm sure they're not listening to this but if you're an issue player listening to this prove me wrong you'll turn up to these games like bristol rovers and cambridge oh yeah we'll, we'll win we've got enough on the plan eh? we've got enough in the locker we'll win and you, well you don't because teams put the low block on, you've got to show some creativity or, or show something, and it, it's just nothing. And if you're being coached that way by Kieran McKenna, and you've got this set plan A, that takes that that explains some of it. But also, that doesn't matter what you are or who you are. Like, if you think you've got that mentality, to, oh, we'll turn up and rock it. Well, you've got to prove it then, and you're not. You're not proving it at all. It's all well and good scoring after minute one at home to Morecambe and then beating them four or five. Now, that's just a sign of a flat track bully. Flat track bullies don't get out of the cha- uh, get out of League One, don't get into the championship. Teams that are actual bullies are ones that will dig in, not play well, and get a result. And we just don't do that. I saw the most damning fact ever. Um, aside from the Portsmouth game when we went three to up in the 80th minute, an 80th minute winner, the last time we got a goal or later than that goal to win a game was against uh more i think it was morecambe might have been atkinson chilina scored the 90th minute in october 2021 that's the 16 17 yeah, months Fleetwood, ago. Fleetwood at home, yeah. i couldn't remember i knew yeah. it was a team that played in red yeah yeah Chilina scored the winner in the 90th minute like it just goes to show if this team goes a goal down or you know, or, or gets pegged back, or, or drawing going into the closing stages. Well, we were four-two up against Cholton, and then we know the rest. This is the game that this is the game that I touched on. So, Liam, question for you: Has because at the time we all sort of derided it as an absolute freak of nature, which mm-hmm. it is by all accounts. Do you think it's really damaged us that much that game? It shouldn't. It shouldn't have. I mean, look. Oh, no, but that's not what I said. I said, do you think it has? Well. The evidence is hard to kind of argue against, isn't it? Really, I mean, that this this is this the thing I've got is that you look at that Sheffield Wednesday game on Saturday, and didn't play well first half, managed to drag ourselves back into it just before half time, get an early equaliser, then we were on top for forty minutes where Sheffield Wednesday sat in and said, right, we're, we're happy with a point. Where was the belief, though, 
from that. I didn't really have any belief in that second half after the first 10 minutes after we got the equaliser where I thought we would get a winner. It, we just didn't look like we had any ideas or any kind of way of... And I think that's a big issue. There's a lack of... A bit of a lack of belief. The thing is, I'll, I'll, I'll almost give a pass for that for that second half in that you're playing top of the league. I think they managed, when they managed to get their heads a little bit together after the equaliser and sort of nullified the game. But what I won't give passes for is games like Cambridge and Bristol Overs. And that's that, that and it's not good enough in any those sort of maker. games that are costing us. It, it, it's it's not going to be the games against the top sides. Yes, okay, our record against the top sides isn't brilliant either. I mean, we've now not won a single game against the top two, um, and we've now got Bolton, Barnsley, and Derby to come uh, next month. And well, we've only beaten Derby. So was, we've not got that was, uh, that was a derby team in in transition, and yeah. you know it was a one nil. Okay, could have been two of the penalty. It wasn't exactly like a steamrolling win or even a good performance, really. But but that was the thing though. We beat derby. We ground it out. We got the result when we needed it. But we haven't been doing that. We haven't been doing that at all lately. And that's this is the, this is the thing, right? Football is a simple game. It, it, it's been made so much more complicated in the modern era by these types of tactics, this, that and the other. But at the end of the day, it's a simple game. You 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 score more than your opposition, you win the game. So for Ipswich Town, when they play these teams that come to Portman Road or incidentally when Ipswich go to these teams and they sit back, why do they not try something different like having a shot? You've looked at Fleetwood, you've looked at Fleetwood, right? And you've looked at Plymouth. They've come to Portman Road and they've got last minute equalisers from shots that they've taken and Outside they've the got a slight deflection on them and yeah. they've gone in. And they've, oh. they, and they've got the luck. They've taken look at, that luck. Look, look at how our second goal was scored uh, on Saturday. Mm -hmm. Outside the yeah. Free kick though. Well, still a shot. Yeah, but yeah, true. But it's there and it's placed down. You know, players need to run with the ball and then out of nowhere. Just, like Sam Morsey's not doing those runs anymore, wide. is he? he yeah, he could have yeah. Done. True. If that. You've got I mean, teams that are sitting on top of each other. Why not so, have a have a little bit of a go outside the yeah. box? And if it takes a deflection and causes all sorts of carnage, then if the luck's on your side, it'll it'll fall for you. But you're not going to win the lottery if you don't buy a ticket. So, so yeah, so ironic you say uh, uh, football's simple but necessarily made complicated. My life was simple and it's been necessarily complicated by football. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, we're talking about start of play. How, right, let's let's put our cards on the table now. I assume none of us want Kieran Cannon to be sacked. Didn't think so. No, right, didn't think so. It's a ludicrous thing. But, but, but we, we all agree that four wins out of 14 is not good enough. Whether you're whether you're Paul Cook, Paul Hurst, Paul Lambert, anyone four out and wins out four four wins out of four teams not win up the championship, let alone League One. I, I reckon half of half of the fact he's getting is justified, probably more than that. At what point do the owners and this I'm not no conspiracy theories here? If we don't win any of our next three games, uh four games, sorry, because we've always said these next five are winnable, right? 
These next five they games, have are they have to be the next four. What if we don't win any of our next four? Does he get sacked? I don't think he does, but because there's still time, and you could still necessarily say, well, he might pull it out of the bag against the better sides, but <laughs> you, you wouldn't put your money on it. Sunderland um, were in a similar position to this last season. They sacked Lee Johnson, brought in Alex Neal. And I knew it wasn't Tony Murray, but my mind blanked. Brought in Alex Neal, and it was enough to get them over the line. I mean, Watford have made a habit of doing it every bloody year. Um, <laughs> there is precedent for this. The only precedent you probably would have is that you, you've clearly gone for an approach with a young manager and put a lot of stock into this process. I think it would be suicide to change it now. But then I also don't see how he'd continue if we don't win anywhere next fall. I know it's really unlikely we don't win one of the next four, but we'll get onto it later. Anyone's thinking that if you're backable at two to seven at home to Forest Green, clearly hasn't watched us over the last few weeks. Because as soon as as soon as the goal is going out the next, uh, after the first twenty minutes, yeah, ain't going to be a good atmosphere if that happens. I mean, yeah, like carry on, Liam. I mean, the thing with Kieran McKenna is I wouldn't want him. Wouldn't wouldn't want him to get sacked. I, 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 he had, but he has made mistakes, and he's not infallible to criticism. He, he, criticism needs to be fair if it's if it's warranted, and there is criticism there. I mean, a lot of I think a lot of people um, would go back to what Bloomers said quite a way at the start about this Plan B. He just like for like changes. There's there's no kind of change trying to change the game. It's just. Let's change the personnel and see if that works. The only time he's done it was Cambridge away, where he then brought Hurst on to play alongside Ladapo, and they went two up front. But that that was it. That was the only time that they've done that. Every other time there has been the changes he's made has been like for like. And I mean, yes, okay, maybe a bit of individual brilliance, but at the end of the day, if the plan wasn't working to begin with, and you're not really doing making any changes other than bringing someone slightly different on, then it's a massive risk uh, in terms of then getting that result. Because really, if the, if that if your players then aren't really the players who come on don't really make much of a difference, then it's just going to end up the same as it has been for the rest of the game with the players who started. Um, and that's where I think one of the biggest issues comes in about McKenna and, and whether there needs to be a bit more. I, I, I said, um, I've said this before, you look at, um, you look at the Plymouth game and um, Stephen Schumacher changed the Plymouth setup di- to play differently against Ipswich. And it took Ipswich a good 15, 20 minutes to kind of get their foot into the game and actually realise what was going on and kind of settle from Plymouth changing their usual game plan. And then Stephen Schumacher tried to play the same mind games with um, with Moore um, when they played Sheffield Wednesday and saying, oh, Wednesday are predictable. We know what they're going to do. And they changed it up slightly and they ended up beating Plymouth. And that was the two best sides in this division who have in big matches, decided to change things up from what they normally do, spring a bit of a surprise, and it it, it did 
cause problems to begin with. We don't do that. We know everyone knows how we're set up. Everyone knows how we want to play. And effectively, as Bloomer says, if you don't get over the first, if you get over the first 10, 15 minutes at the moment for a lot of teams, that's the game game plan one. Because we just don't seem to be able to find any kind of, I don't know, it's it's um I, I, anything. <laughs> To try and break a team down later in the game. Hey, last last thing from last thing from me on this is I, I don't want. I'm sure no one that's not an Ipswich fan is listening to this, but I don't want this to be seen like a oh we should beat teams like X. You know we should beat teams like Morecambe. We should. I don't mean it in a disparaging way to any other League One team. I'm just looking at the fact that this squad, this wage budget, this expectation leads to more wins than we're getting. Pure and simple as that. And yeah, it's it's not happening. Time is running out, and there's a finite time now, a period of time now for us to secure our playoff position. At the end of the day, that's what that's what Plan A is right now, and see where it leads us. And and we could be sitting here in May looking at a playoff preview, and I don't think my heart can take it. But I think my heart has resigned to. to us getting promoted, that's the only way it's going to happen, if it does. And if it doesn't, that's a failure. By the way, that's a, if we get promoted this season, it's a failure. I don't want to hear any stuff about... He's, Kieran McKenna's a young manager in his first full season. Fully aware of that. He's been brought in to get promotion this season. And if he doesn't, it's a failure. Whether you want him sacked or whatever, that's up to you. I don't, you can't sit here and say it's not a failure if we get promoted this season. Okay, fair, fair point to say. I, I want to quickly bring up, guys. This, uh, this is one thing I always get frustrated with. It's the it's the letter R. I'm going to bring up rotation, rotation, rotation. Relegation. And I was like, things aren't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say I know. that. Bloody hell, boys! Not that bad. Okay. Not that man. There's there's definitely twelve to fifteen poorer teams than us. But um, no rotation. We had this under Lambert. Of course, he it was he decided goalkeepers to rotate, but. We're seeing that a lot. Um, just your thoughts on that. I always like to sort of bring that into the mix because he has done that a lot. He's done a lot of changes here and there. He's Ladapo. We hadn't seen him start like five games in a row. Thoughts on that? Who wants to take that? I think. I think. Um, I think to begin with, it was fine, but I think it's now becoming problem. A bit of a problem. Uh, like it was under Lambert, where I, they're just suddenly starting to make changes for changes' sake, rather than just go out with your best team. And and there's five subs now. I mean, there's no there's no excuse to kind of make keep changing the team around, and it doesn't help making relationships, does it? Especially um, in the most key area, which is at the back. If you keep, I know he's trying to keep people happy. But let's get that that defence sorted out. Who are your two best centre half? Choose them and stick with them. Don't don't start mucking around. I know there has been a few injuries recently, and and I think Edmondson was injured Tuesday night, wasn't he? So he wasn't picked. But and maybe now and again you'll make a, a change. Like I, I I understood why Burgess came in on uh, Saturday because Sheffield Wednesday are quite a physical tall team so I understand that but you've got a the, the front four especially that's where he seems to tinker the most Let, let's change the front four out 
But, I mean, I don't know what Bloomers thinks, but for me, Ladapo has to start games because, for me, he doesn't seem to have that same effect coming off the bench. I, 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 I don't think he's a particularly great impact player. This is a case of, like, throwing... It almost feels like throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks when you're going on a massive run of poor performances and barely any wins is that you rotate to try and get a spark going. But by doing that, you don't instill any confidence in the players because they were they could get hooked at any point. And you made a further of your own back by... And again, completely get wise. This is me looking at, looking at it on a negative side. You can look at it a different way. But you bring in two you know, forwards or people like Hurst and, and Broadhead to, to challenge um, Ladapo. But then you've got Ladapo who's thinking, oh, hang on a minute, I'm a top goal scorer. I've got 13, 14 goals this season in all competitions. Why should I be dropped? All right, fine, start him. Then you'll have Hurst or Broadhead being like, oh, hang on a minute, I just come to this type side in January and I can't get a start. What's going on? You can't keep everyone happy. And it's just a complete, it's a rod made for your own back. And, and there's no way of, the, the only way of getting that situation better is by winning some bloody games. <laughs> football, curse of football manager. Just nothing. It's just like a, a massive tailspin and a, and a massive nosedive. And and look, I'm not a football manager. This is why I don't get paid however much Kieran McKenna's getting paid. And by the way, it'll be a pretty penny to turn this round. This is the first major... You, you, you know, I don't suppose you call it a major crisis if you're sitting fourth in the league. But it feels like a major crisis. And it's certainly the first big, big test of his fledgling career. And I do feel like, well, you, you have to support him to some extent, but you can also easily criticise because it's very easy to do that when there's been four wins in 14 games. It's going to be so interesting to see how this ends up. And I just pray for a, a good outcome. But 20, 25 years of sporting Ipswich doesn't allow you to think of things. Yeah. Well, you know what, boys? It's a wounded fan base, really, isn't it? You know, repeated false dawn, disappointment. The last, well, probably uh, since we've been alive, Bloomers, as town fans, um, a lot of, you know, false dawns. And, you know, for me, it is now time for town, the players, to lift the fans. You know, we've turned up in our masses, home and away. It's now time for this team to, sing. of course, a lot of pressure. You know, a lot of money's been spent on this squad, even the staff. The amount of staff we bring to football games, you know, they fly to to Manchester for Burnley away, Bristol, and you know they've got all these squanky stuff. Um, but you know, one question for you, Liam. It's probably a stupid question, but was it always a big ask for for Town to transform into a top two side after just you know one season after finishing eleventh last year? Probably a stupid question, but you know, a lot of money's been spent. So actually, no. I mean. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I mean, if you look at it right now, you can say that if we do finish in the playoffs and hopefully that will end up being the case and that we don't continue this run and slip out, um, then you have to say, yeah, OK, it has, it has been a massive leap forward. But then, as Bloomers has said earlier, the expectation is so much higher now because of the money that's spent. The players there, they're good enough for top two majority of this squad. I, I would say they, they should have been good enough to be competitive in the top two. And I know Plymouth have had an amazing season and they're, they're trying to stay strong. And, I mean, 
be amazing if they if they manage to hold off some of the teams who are coming through like trains below them, like Bolton and Derby have fallen off a bit now. But um, and Sheffield Wednesday, we always knew, I think they were always going to be up there. But Town should have been involved. Well, they should be involved. And we were involved. But what's happened since, I mean, it, it, it's hard to put your finger. It really is hard to put your finger on why. They've only won what four of fifteen games. Well, we've just spent half an hour doing it. We're trying to do it. Yeah, it is. It, I mean, it is a multitude of factors. It really is. Look, and, look, and... look like like finishing in the playoffs would be an improvement on last season. Yes, it would. It's the bare minimum. Like it's it's yeah, beyond the bare good. minimum of what you'd expect with all the with all the money being spent. Is that it's the bare minimum you'd expect. So people go and like saying, oh, you know, in the 90s, it took us four, four playoff campaigns on the trot. It's like modern football doesn't work. Like, like it's all well and good, like harking back to Burley or Robson. Some people, I mean, you know, whatever. It's all well and good harking back. Modern football doesn't work like that. And there's no reason. Oh, people go, oh, Man City took ages, you know, they're spending for them on a league title. We're not trying to win the Premier League. We're trying to get out of pissing League One. And... And you look at teams like Wigan, who with one year of investment got themselves promoted. You look at teams like Bolton, where they were languishing in League Two, in the bottom half of League Two. Ian Everett came in, got them up to League Two. It can be done. Everyone are, you know, it's so, it's so like traditionally Ipswich to accept mediocrity sometimes because we've been given crap sandwiches for 25 years. It shouldn't be seen as a bad thing. So expect a bit more than what we're getting right now. I understand modern football's fickle, and I understand you can go way too far the other end, and it, you know the manager needs sacking every game or whatever. <laughs> but you're allowed, like you're allowed to have expectations when you're in League One for the first time in 50, 60 years, which should have been a one or two season tops uh, <laughs> thing, and is now spinning into a Sheffield United scenario where you, you know, four or five. Six years. That's not good enough. And and too too many people are going to sit there and accept it, and they shouldn't. And I know. The scary that, thing. Yeah. Scary thing is without the investment. Without, yeah, I, without yeah. the takeover, yeah, I, but, I, I don't even think we'd be even talking about playoffs, to be honest. And we would, and we would still be say, here. Everyone, everyone can say, "Oh, this and that and whatever else," but like. The expectations is higher now, and we should expect um, the players are far better than what they've delivered in the last in the last fifteen games. Um, well, I them. mean, it's for them to prove that. Well, we've yeah, said, I mean, four I mean, years in a row, this squad should walk League One. Well, we've said that four years in a row, by the way. I'm, I'm not you, well, you, you might have done Liam. I don't know, but like <laughs> people have said, this team is good enough to walk League One. Well, clearly, it wasn't true the first, second, third seasons because we're still here. So why is it true this time? Prove it, players. Prove it. Yeah, I, I Don't think... Don't get angry at us. Get angry at yourself. Prove it. I'm, I mean, we I'm talked about McKenna. I mean that just as a general thing. We talked about McKenna, but I think the players need to step it up. I think yeah, it's not... Totally agree. that that they've They've been disappointing and flat. I mean, a lot of people have spoken about Wes Burns and, and maybe... Maybe this is Wes Burns showing what Wes Burns actually is, is 
he is what, a League One player. I mean, we bought him from missed? Fleetwood. What have I missed about West Burns? Nothing, I don't think. I don't think there's nothing there. But yeah, I'm, I'm the same with that. There's a few players that are just not, you know, once again, they're paid really well. Big fees. I think, you know, Nathan Broadhead and those sort of players have just come in January. They've still got time to bet in. You know, Nathan Broadhead, he sounds like he's not fully fit yet. Um, but I think he's going to be a player, you know. I think he's one of those players who could score from outside the box, by the way, boys. You know, he scored yeah. a free kick, but I think he's going to add that something different there. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a few that really need to... Senior, senior leadership. Senior, senior leadership yeah. pick up. You know, Luke Chambers isn't here anymore. Cole Skews isn't here anymore. That old guard has gone now. It's always two in two years has been a, a complete. I think there's no player that's been here for more than two years other than Jackson and Danassian, off the top of my head, that I can think of. So, 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 yeah, yeah, Wolfenden. So, Wolfenden, Morsey, like this, you're not 18, Wolfenden's not 17 anymore. He's not Tyus Brown and 97. Like, you're not. Get some balls. Pick, pick yourself. Pick yourself up and be counted. Sam Morsey, you, you gave a nice speech on Wednesday morning on Twitter, right? Saturday, Forest Green Rovers. Everyone and their mother expects you to win. Go and win. Go and put in a good performance. You've done it against Morecambe. No one's going to sit there and be like, "Oh, I told you Morsey was going." Like, "Oh, I'm annoyed Morsey played well." No one's going to say that. Go out and play well and win and do it convincingly. Walton, people have been deriding you, including well, me especially. anymore. <laughs> Go and be assured and want the sticks. Show what you can do. Show why everyone thought you were the best keeper in League One until uh, Lewis, goalkeeper whose name is Cooper. 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 Yeah. Michael Cooper. Lev Yashin. Like, show what you can do. Show that you deserve to be called one of the promotion contenders. Because right now, over the last 14 games, you've shown that you should be average League One player. Then you're getting paid a damn sight more than that. And it, it frustrates me. Some get of the people. Well, actually, don't get me in the dressing room. I'll get sued for libel. But it frustrates me. Convey, convey this to people. Yeah. It well, frustrates me because you hear you hear players in the press saying we, we, we still believe and we have. Well, show that you believe. Yeah, prove it. Who are talking on the pitch at the moment? We're just getting the same, same every week, and teams so, teams proper, are finding it out. Proper mentality from from players like you can see it week in week out. You just don't see it at Portman Road, you know. <laughs> players like Rashford and Saka after the Euros could have just curled up into a ball and died. Currently, two of the best players in the Premier League, and there'll be examples of that lit throughout the leagues. Not just the Premier League; it's just the two players that came to mind to start with. I've just seen Rashford put in an absolute stormer at the Camp Nou before this uh, before this podcast. Like, show why you have been touted as a good player to come and play for us and get us out of this division. Which, by the way, this team hasn't, this uh, club hasn't seen a promotion this millennium. You all you've got to do is play to your level, get out of League One, and you'll be heroes for the rest of your career. Yeah. And that's pathetic for Ipswich, but it's so true. Any team <laughs> of ours that gets us up, if it ever happens, touch wood, when it happens. They're going to be talked about in the same breath as the players in 2000, in 2001, in 1992. They didn't deserve to be, probably, because it's just League One, but it will mean so much. Yeah. The, the, we have done, as fans, 99% of things that have been asked of us. The club behind the scenes and, and owners have done everything they could possibly do with f- facilities upgrades, with modern forward-thinking plans, with an appointment that is modern and forward-thinking, whether it's right or not, we'll find out. 
the players, it's it just played to your ability. And right now, it's not happening. And that's the most frustrating thing of all. Definitely. Well, boys, I think we should park it here. Um, <laughs> we've got to talk about the running. Of course, we've got to talk oh, about oh, Forest oh, Green this weekend. Um, Bloomers, you mentioned balls a minute ago. Um, so it's best possible. Oh, I'm not talking about get your balls out, but um, let's talk about Manscape. Um, Manscape, use the K- uh, code KOA to get 20 You want me to talk about it? Am I doing the ad plug? No, I'm just, no, I'm just <laughs> saying Manscape sponsors the podcast. You mentioned balls, and uh, yeah, you, you well get done. 20% off on uh, checkout and free well delivery. So if you want to, you know, shave your crown jewels and all that, look sharp. Great segue. There we go. There we go. Um, I don't know if balls will include ginger pickle, but um, if you want your marketing needs of ginger pickle, um, they're the goats for marketing. So there we go. Um, well, boys, let's get on to the strike. Um, opportunity for us to have a little bit of a breather for the listeners to have a bit of a breather. Um, if you're doing your dog walk or whatever, um, a chance now for Bloomers and Liam to go head to head on the strike. Um, a, we've got four questions. Yeah, this will be a breaking. speed round. This will be a speed round. I'm looking at the clock in the top left. Speed round. It's fine. It's fine. I, there's no, I, I did say let's keep this to a nice hour, but if it goes over an hour, it goes over an hour. There's a lot to talk about. But question one, though, is on Carl Edwards, who, where's he been at? Where's he been at, eh? You know, I know he came off the bench to Bristol, but um, a lot of people think, should he start it? Or... Yeah, anyway. Um, do you know his shirt number, though, boys? Is it 23, 26, or 29? Yeah. <laughs> his birthday is on Friday. That's why his question has come up for Carl Edwards. I have no pen on paper, so I'm just going to say these out loud. It's fine. Let me just double check his his age um, on Friday. He will be 25. 25 years of age. There we go. For fairness, yeah. for fairness I'll say I'll say out loud my answer before Liam shows it. So there's no okay. accusations of True. plagiarism. Fair right. I'm going to go 26. Liam? Okay, I've gone 29, uh, if you can see that. Yes, I can see that. Yeah, rub down. Is it is twenty nine. So Liam has got the point. There we go. Um, from one winger to another, is he a winger? Eh, sort somewhat. Lee Martin. Oh, definitely a winger. Yeah, very good um, one. But he was very good one. Yeah, not very <laughs> good. Um, now, how many goals did he score for Town in one hundred and five games? Just going to quickly remove the answer while I. Hear the, uh, the question for the viewers. And of course, if you're listening, you can't see, but um, I actually put the answer in the uh, question there. But 105 games, how many goals did he score? Of course, closest to the correct answer gets the point. If you get it bang on, get two points. So, Bloomers, chance for you to take the lead if you get it bang on. Right. I'll wait for Liam to finish his writing. Okay. Done? Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, I'll be amazed if it's more than this. So, I'm going to go 19. 19. Okay. Well, I, I, I've gone off the back that he was rubbish. I've, I've gone five. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Liam is the closest. It's actually only six goals. Really? <laughs> so Liam was one off there to get double the points. But yeah, six goals, under five games. Wow. Oh, great. Um, I think he didn't, he, to be fair to him, I think he did come off the bench a lot. Um, but for the fee we paid for him, it wasn't, it's not a very good return. No, uh, don't make excuses. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm just double checking. Yeah, I was there for one of them. Yeah, I think I was there for one of them. I think he scored an absolute screamer against Birmingham away. I think I think that could be his first goal for the club. 
hell of a goal. Mm. Well, maybe, I don't know where it maybe. came from, and we lost that game in the 90th minute. But oh, okay. I think if that's game I'm thinking of, but yeah. God, yeah, he's still playing, by the way. He's still, still having a kick about. He's playing for Dover in the uh, National League South. Um, of course, Dover have got a lot of problems, but we won't get into that. Um, another player that is still playing at the age of 41 is David Norris. Oh, I'm going to say Carlos then. No, he's, he's still kicking about. But uh, David Norris, though. Um, but for which club in the Northern Premier oh. League? Bamber Bridge, Lancaster City or Radcliffe? So still 41, still playing. Um, I think, I think he scored an absolute screw. I don't know if he scored. It was a good goal. Right. Say that again, I'm going to go Lancaster City. Lancaster City? That's on Radcliffe. Radcliffe. I, can see that. I don't know if you can see that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We, we trust you. Uh, the correct yeah. answer is Lancaster City. So, has got a point. So, it is 2-1 going to the final question. And there's no... It's it's a multiple choice this time. So, Blues, you have to get it right. Liam has to get it wrong for you to go to a tiebreaker. Um, the final question is on good old Darren Bent. What is his middle name then, boys? Middle names always come up, of course, on the strike. Uh, is it Ashley, Jordan or Luke? So uh, think about it in your head. Darren, Ashley, Bent. Darren, Jordan, Bent. Or Darren, Luke, Bent. Good old Darren. Of course, um, all these birthdays link up from this month. So David Norris will be having his birthday. Darren Bent will be having his birthday. Lee Martin will be having his birthday. I will go for Ashley. Okay. Uh, that's exactly what I wrote. Oh, I can't win now. Oh, I can't. Because <laughs> um, it is Ashley. So Liam has won. Liam has won. There we go. Um, but as always, tiebreaker. Liam, go on. What are you doing? Gamble. He's got to gamble. Um, now, ignore all those players because this weekend will be, or would have been, so by Robson's 90th birthday, of course. Um, now, how many games did Town win? Under Sir Bobby in 709 games. I've probably done this question on a strike multiple times, but it's lazy, I know. But it's just a nice, good tiebreaker question. So um, whoever gets closest... Oh, I know. Actually, Bloomers, you've got to get bang on to win, actually. <laughs> not the closest. But um, you right. never know. You never know. All right. I'm going to go for... 389. 389. Okay. Oh, I, I went for 476. Oh, jeez. Yeah, Liam's gone very high. Sell your nine games, Liam. <laughs> I know I, I know we won the one. FA Cup, UEFA Cup. We had, you know, we did really well in the f- first division, you know, finishing second, third, and all that. But um, well, it was 220 defeats, 173 draws, and 316 wins. So so yeah, pretty close-ish. You're closer than Liam. But um, yeah. Liam has won the strike once again. He's surprising us all. Um, quick speech, my friend. Well done. Yeah, I, I, I literally, I, I don't learn any of these. This is pure, pure. Just no, you don't learn them because you read them off the screen behind you. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. But what? Yeah, getting the guessing, knowing about Lee Martin and Hollywood squad number and all that. Um, but I um, hope everybody, of course, were playing at home. Hope you got on really well. I know there's a few out there who always tell me their answers, how they got on. So um, there we go. And I'll strike in the bag. 
Well, the boys, um, Forest Green this weekend, but we've got 15 big games to go in League One. The running is looking very interesting. On paper, it's pretty, it's pretty good in terms of fixtures. Definitely at home. Um, I'm going to bring up the next 15 on the screen. So we've got Forest Green at home, MK Dons away. Um, then you know, we've got another home game. Uh, sorry, I can't actually find. I'm trying to find it again. <laughs> because we've got Burton at home, Accrington at home, Bolton away, Shrewsbury at home, Barnsley away, Derby away, Wickham at home, Cheltenham away, Charlton at home, but Port Vale at home, Peterborough away, Exeter at home. And on the final day, on the beach at Fleetwood, where will we be? Um, 14 points up for grabs. Bloomers. How many? What do you reckon then? 44, no, 40, 45 points. 15, 15 games left, 45 points. Yeah. If we got 30 points, okay, so 30 points between now and in the season, so averaging two points a game, we'd have to rely on Plymouth Argyle getting 20 points in those same number of games in order to catch them. That's 20 points in 15 games. That just shows you how, how, how much we balls that up. <laughs> um, just to give you an idea, do I think Plymouth are going to get 20 points from 15 games? No, I think they're going to get more than that. And that's not even me looking at what their run is. I think 25 points is achievable, which would give us 82, which at the start of the season would pretty much it would narrow you on for a playoff place. And I think it would give us a playoff place. And I think it's exactly what's going to happen. I think I think anything less than twenty could lead to McKenna going into the, the season. I mean, but brutally honest, at some point, from twenty to twenty-five is the is not very good. Twenty-five is okay. Yeah, it's probably no, it is okay. Thirty is thirty. Thirty plus should be. Yeah. Hang on, Liam, could you just mute your mic? I think you're interfering. Thirty. There we go. Thirty or more is the aim. Anything, anything north of thirty, and I think actually we feel pretty good going into playoffs. So we need to get back on that ladder of two points a game. We're not going to average two points a game between now and the end of the season. And actually, as it turns out, probably not going to be enough to get the top two anyways because it's a freak year. But if we do get two points a game between now and the end of the season, we're going to feel a hell of a lot better going into the playoffs. So that's that's the target for me. Don't give me a or ask for me a breakdown of every single game. No, no, we won't do that. We'll be here all bloody evening. We don't need. We'll be here until midnight. But I, I yeah, yeah. I'll say twenty-five. Okay, that's the minimum that we should be aiming for. But thirty would be preferable, obviously. Okay, definitely. Well, well, Liam, um, we haven't actually won back-to-back -back games since October. <laughs> so hopefully we can do that in the next two games. Nice. We've got Forest Green MK Dons. So uh, they're not doing very well. So uh, yeah, that is hopefully back-to-back -back games sorted there. But um, what's your feelings on these the run-in? Well, I think you've got to look at this next four and you've got to conceivably say we've got to win all four. I mean, Forest Green come to Portman Road. You've got to win that. They're bottom of the table. Um, got to win that MK Don's away backed by pretty much half the stadium because don't tell me there's going to be more MK Don's fans in that in that ground than town fans uh, and they're struggling 
And then obviously Burton and Accrington both in and around the drop zone as well. You've got to win them because for me, that next five is fearsome. I mean, you've got Bolton who are flying, who have just won back-to-back games 5-0. You've got Shrewsbury who are the dark horses here. They're, they're not far outside the playoffs at the moment. And they're just loitering, waiting. They're not going to be um they're not going to be easy at Portman Road. And then you've got two huge back-to-back games with Barnsley and Derby. And if Town have come off the back of that, not brilliant, then the team who currently sits seventh and the team that we're all kind of suddenly turned our attention to, Wickham, come to Portman Road. And suddenly, I mean, that could be huge in April. So that's a that's a, a very tricky run. Um, and then after that, it opens itself up a bit again to some winnable games against lower um, mid-table teams um, where you think you can get a load of points. But for me, it's what Bloomer said. It's all well and good getting enough points to keep us in the playoffs, but we need to accumulate and create momentum at the same time if we're going to be effective in the playoffs. It's all well and good just getting in there, but if we're just scraping in there by the end of the season, it doesn't bode well for us to do much in the playoffs. Um, And from everything that we've spoken about so far in terms of mentality and stuff, if we haven't really got any um, momentum going in there, then I can't see our mentality uh, dragging us through, (laughs) which is... Just like, so, yeah, I I agree with Bloomers. But if you look at it, I mean, if you win the next four, that's that's 12. Um, and then there's enough wins in the back end. I mean, you, you've got Cheltenham, got Charlton, Port Vale. You'd expect to win, especially the two home games, Cheltenham away. And then the last two, Exeter Fleetwood. And, I mean, Peterborough have been underwhelming. Why not go to Peterborough and win? So, 30 points is certainly obtainable if you win a couple of those games in that five-game run that I've just spoken about. But, yeah, it's um, I think it's going to be a bit squeaky bum time, unfortunately, for all the wrong reasons. We thought it was going to be a great run in to see if we could sneak into the automatics and get out and go to the last day. Well, it's looking at the moment like it's going to be seeing if we can keep seventh away from us at the moment because I just unless we win these next four and as you say we haven't won back-to-back games since October and you've got Shrewsbury and Wickham Mm. who are both won four games in a row and are outside the playoffs right now why can't we win the next four games That, that that would be my question but um clearly um there's a high chance we probably won't win the next four games. In fact, they'll probably all be nil-nil. So, <laughs> Hopefully not, my friend. Hopefully not. No. <laughs> so that, that is the run-in. Um, of course, Forest Green Rovers this weekend. Big Duncan Ferguson in charge of Forest Green. Um, got a little pause here because we've got a little clip from good old Matt Macon um, to plug Turnstile Blues. Uh, there I'm going to be selling on the game at Portland Road. So a little clip here from him. Hello Ross, hello Kings, uh, hope you're well and uh, recovered from last night's showing against the gas. Uh, just wanted to come on 
quickly to talk about the new edition of Turnstile Blues, number 27, that's coming out before the Forest Green Rovers game this Saturday. Uh, it's the usual eclectic mix uh, of irrelevant nonsense and insightful pieces you've come to expect from us. Um, we've taken a look, um, kind of a sideways look, at um, the, the farce that was the second half um, against Oxford uh, away last month. Um, we've taken a review of Kieran McKenna's work in the transfer market so far. Um, we've also had a look at uh, how the Ipswich Town women's team are getting on in their second season at the third tier and the uh, the scrap that there is to get that one promotion spot that's available to the two regional divisions at this level. Uh, we've also had a bit of an in-depth look at how fan culture has changed in recent decades. Um, the impact of uh, the late John Duncan and his time at town. Um, and we've also got a guest piece um, from a friend of ours uh, who's a Baggies fan and what's been going on and not been going so well at West Bromwich Albion recently. Uh, all of this still just one pound. So uh, come look for us before the Forest Green game. We'll be around from about 1.30 outside the ground near um, the statues of Sir Alf, Sir Bobby, outside the entrance to the fan zone. Um, we'll have a few roving sellers walking around. Um, and yeah, hopefully we'll see you there and you'll come and pick up a copy of Turnstile Blues. Okay, we're back. Good old Matt Macon there. Um, only a pound for a Turnstile Blues, so um, a lot of great content in there. Um, but boys, Forest Green Rovers, their first ever trip to Portman Road. Thoughts, feeling, hot takes. Bloomers, take it away. I mean, I've jokingly in our prediction league put 1-1, but that's only because I can't, in all good conscience, just give a win to Ipswich for anything these days. There has been 101 of these games in League One, I swear, like in the four years we've been here. I just win the win the damn game. Win the damn game. They haven't had a new manager bounce. I don't know if Duncan Ferguson's any good as a manager or not. I don't think these 15 games are going to really prove a lot because Forest Green just simply don't seem to have enough uh, quality in their squad to survive League One. But I'm full of admiration for them getting here and for, for their ethos as a club. Just win the damn game, Ipswich. Like, I don't care if they set up however way, like, however way. Um, that's that's my uh, fiance asking me if I want dinner. <laughs> if you're wondering what that noise was, um, which will be soon. Yeah, just just win the damn game. Don't care how they set up. I don't care if they set up in a low block. Just have the firepower to do better. There's gonna be no massive away end, I assume. There might be. There might be two and a half thousand Forest Green fans coming down. I don't think that's gonna happen. I don't think there's gonna be. Well, there'll be 20,000 plus in the stadium, but uh, that'll be announced as 20,000 plus. I'm not sure if it actually will be. Probably will be, but certainly it'll be an atmosphere like the Plymouth and Wickham game, uh, Plymouth and Sheffield Wednesday games. And there will certainly be a bad atmosphere if we go 25 minutes into the game and we're not goal up. And I won't be there. Uh, I'll be watching it with um, good old James F., who uh, is graciously finding, uh, flying us, sorry, to um, I think it's the UAE. So, so we can watch the game on uh, on Saturday. So that'd be nice. But yeah, just just <laughs> in conclusion, and I said it three times already. Win the damn game. Yeah, got to win, got to win. I hate to use the word must win because it is bloody a must win. Um, Liam, any hot takes from you, my friend? I think when I was doing the pod plan, you sort of smiled and went. <laughs> so anything you got for us? Um, well, I mean, from the the absurd and outrageous. Hot take is Big Dunk uh, somehow manages to find himself in the box in the last minute 
uh, run onto the pitch. No one's noticed. He's headbutted Walton and Forrest Green has scored the last minute winner. <laughs> Crazy and no one happened. and no one notices Big Dunk has somehow managed to get on the pitch as the manager and then headbutt someone. So that that's my my uh, absurd uh, hot take. Um, which won't happen in a month of Sundays, but it would be very funny if it did. <laughs> Although not very funny, obviously, as losing the game in that sort and of and one getting headbutted, yeah, circumstance. But uh, it would be funny in a way with what Big Dunk has uh, done in the back in the past. Um, so I wouldn't it's be great it to see him. though, isn't it? It's gonna be great to see like a Premier League icon. You've seen that regularly now, aren't you? Seeing just you know. Former players of the past in the Premier League now on the in the dugout in in League One I'm in the Championship. To, League I'm two. trying to work out whether I saw him play uh, for Everton against us when we were in the Premier League. I have to look at the old. Uh, he would have played. Yeah, he would have played against us. Yeah, he would have been at Everton. He would have been an active player, and I believe it was yeah. for Everton at the time. But I'm not quite sure if he played in those games. But yeah, I mean, I've seen enough of Premier League years to know. Uh, Duncan, how good Duncan Ferguson was, <laughs> and how he's certainly not a character to travel with. I mean, our expert Scottish football correspondent uh, on this podcast can tell us a bit more about him and his exploits north of the border. Yeah, I, 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 I still remember the story of him when he was at Rangers, um, and in his home, and someone tried to uh, burgle him, and he basically just completely <laughs> destroyed the burglar, and it, I think ended up himself getting done for assault. <laughs> it's just typical Duncan Ferguson. He was a bit of a, a nutter. He also got sent off playing for Rangers and actually did headbutt someone. I think it might have been against Rafe Rovers, if I'm right, um, in the 90s. Um, and I think, actually, that headbutt, I think he went the to prison. Actually, yes, he actually went to yeah. prison. Yeah, first player, first player in British football history to be convicted of an on-field offence. Yeah, it was actually deemed as being obviously things happen in the in football and players get away with a lot of stuff that you probably wouldn't get away with in society. But uh, Big Dung didn't on this occasion. Um, he ended up with a, a little stretch in the clink. <laughs> yeah. But uh but Liam, Forest Green Rovers, we've got to win, haven't we? What's your what's your what's your thoughts on the team actually quickly and before we end the podcast? Any Ladapo's got to start, surely, and who else is coming in? Connor Chapman's got to start. I don't know why he didn't start against Bristol Rovers. He's, he's our top goal scorer, Connor Chaplin, and he had to come off the bench. He's got, he's got to, start. to start with the best team. He's got to start mm. with the best team who are going going to win. So, I mean, the midfield picks itself and that's another issue. We don't have any depth there and I think Morsi is struggling at the moment. Um, I think he's feeling the pressure because he hasn't got Evans alongside him to take some of the burden away from him. Um, and and clearly his levels have dipped. You can't blame Cameron Humphreys. He, he's a young lad who who is brilliant, but He's going to have moments where he dips, but it is what it is. We're going to have to deal with that. The back four, <laughs> um, which one off cab off a rank do you want to pick this week? Um, the two fullbacks should be Clark and um, uh, Davis. Um, and then it's a matter of who's fit at centre half. But I mean, you, you, you're looking at, I, I mean, you have to play Wolfenden for me. 
um, against these sort of sides where you do have a low block, you've got to have a ball playing centre half. You can't have um, like a combination of Burgess and Keogh who are two old fashioned kind of let's have it <laughs> centre halves. Um, but I don't know who plays alongside him. It depends, I think, if Edmondson's fit or not. Um, it probably will be Burgess again if if that's the case. But it's the front four. That's where Ladapo has to start. For me, he, he, as I said earlier, he doesn't make an impact off the bench. His best work is starting games and being effective and scoring goals. Um, you've got to play broadhead. He've, I mean, that's another issue. If he's not fully fit, then he spent a lot of money on him for someone who isn't properly fully fit. It's a bit of a concern, I guess. Um, but he has to start. Um, you've got to play Chaplin. He scored all the goals. So then it's just a question mark of who plays um, the other side. And I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd give Jackson a go, to be fair. I think he I think he's earned enough and has improved enough to be given a bit of a run. Um, but for me, whoever gets picked, this team, whoever it is, should be good enough to beat Forest Green. There, there are no excuses this weekend. Absolutely none. And if it's not a result that ends up with Town with three points, then... It, 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 then it, it's just an absolute. We may as well just give up now. Then <laughs> we may as well just say that's it. Let, let's go home. Um, nothing to see here. It's all done. I'm not. I'm not being being disrespectful to Forest Green, but they are bottom of the league, and we're at home. That's it. Stop there. Stop there. Stop yeah. there. That's it. It's all you need to say. Yeah. Pretty much. But my issue is we might win 3-0. I put 3-0 down because I think we will potentially win this quite comfortably and be another kind of Cambridge or, or Morecambe. But my issue is even if we win this game quite comfortably by three or four, are we going to back that up next week? And that's and that and that's the killer question because we beat Morecambe 4-0 and then we didn't go and beat Cambridge. Yeah, well, let's, let's, let's cross that bridge when we come to it. Big win this yeah. guy. Definitely, definitely. Well, boys, it's been a, it's been a pleasure. Um, some ups and downs on this podcast. Uh, roller coaster supporting this football club, but I um, hope everyone has enjoyed listening. Um, any other business from yourself, Bloomers? Anything else you want to mention? Uh, no, for once. <laughs> I clearly live a boring life. I'm off to go, go on Amazon and Google uh, desks to buy because I'm amazed this one's lasted this long. And it's probably going to collapse as soon as this pod ends. The blinds look nice, eh? So that's that's good. <laughs> it looks good on you. It looks good. If you're watching video, of course, you you can see Bloomers in HD and a nice, a nice illuminated room here. Yeah. Yes, I like it. I like it. You got got a background. The lighting is always the key. Um, and Liam, over to you, my friend. Any other business? No, no, not really. <laughs> that's it, really. Okay. That's it. What about you, Ross? Uh, oh, well, I've got to do the plugs, and I? I got a plug. Um, of course, follow Bloomers and Liam on Twitter. Um, of course, follow us on all the socials Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Of course, subscribe if you haven't already. Give us a like, comment, and all that jazz. And of course, subscribe to us on all your platforms, podcast platforms, um, so you get this in your feed straight away. And uh, leave us a review. Just your thoughts and feelings on us as a podcast. 
Um, thanks again for listening. Kings of Anglia, Manscape, Ginger Pickle, bring it on. Town, just bloody win on Saturday. Bye bye for now. <laughs>